2: To the Fantasy Doctors podcast. This is uh, the new year, and this is our first podcast of the new year. And like every other place you're listening to, all other media outlets, we have our top 10 injuries of the 2017 season. And, and you know, as always, I have my guest, uh, my partner in crime, actually, Jesse Morse, uh, uh, Sports Medicine Doc down in Florida,
0: joining me. How's it going, Jesse? Wonderful. Enjoying the beautiful yeah. sunshine. Well, Happy New Year to you. Likewise, same to you. Right, here's to a prosperous 2018. Yeah, to all
2: of our listeners, uh, you know, hopefully you had a happy and safe New Year's, and uh, you have made your list of uh, of your resolutions for the year. Um, we all know we make those resolutions, and then we kind of trail off the middle of spring, but it's always worth trying to do. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, Justin, you know, it's been uh, a season, as all are, riddled in the NFL with injuries. I think this year more than any have been, uh, as far as I can remember, in a while, a lot of big-name injuries that changed the the course of teams. And so as we think of our top 10, um, our top 10 is really kind of those players who change paths of teams, uh, maybe derail their teams, um, and not necessarily the most fantasy-relevant, uh, but potentially having fantasy effects um, and after effects from their loss. But at the end of this, uh, our top 10, I'm going to have you kind of pitch in on a few of the guys you think may have been fantasy relevant as a top 10, if we were talking from a fantasy perspective. Oh yeah, definitely. Perfect. Well, you know, on our number 10, is somebody who the the team continued to do well with um, because the, the Keenum actually continued to – or rose to the occasion and actually was able to uh, have a stellar year. But Sam Bradford clearly with the Vikings was a huge concern in the first month of the season and continued to be concerned between his knee and uh, wh- whether it was the bone bruise or arthritis and, and uh, clearly had initially some fantasy – effects but obviously Keenum filled up the role very well what do you see for 2018 with with Bradford do you think the Vikings are going to get rid of him and obviously Bridgewater is somebody who is untested from 2017 so what do you think is going to happen with with
0: Sam Bradford And what do you think that him being on the top 10 of our list is like yeah I mean it's not something you you think of initially I mean he had a fantastic game one versus New Orleans Three touchdowns, 346 yards. Had a very, very un, uh, surprising, unexpected day. Uh, made uh, the Vikings legitimate, especially since how good uh, their defense is and it has been. Uh, and this just kind of helped solidify them. They had Rudolph. They have Thielen. They have Diggs. They were kind of. They had Cook uh, and and Murray. They were, they were starting to all put it together. Then all of a sudden, he goes down with this knee injury. They're saying, no, it's not an ACL. It's actually just a bone bruise, which is kind of weird that it's only just a bone bruise and he didn't actually tear any ligaments. But, you know, he missed, uh, what, three, four games, came back and just really couldn't do anything. And you've basically seen Case Keenum the rest of the year. So the the question then becomes, will he be back to 100% uh, for 2018 season? And, and 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 then the question becomes, Well, what do you do with Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, you you can't carry three quarterbacks that are all – I mean, you could, but I just don't think you'd be able to pay for them all. So uh, my suspicion is they're probably going to trade them to somebody who needs a quarterback and get either off the money, off the books, or uh, a quality player in return uh, because they're going to go ahead with either Case Keenum and or Teddy Bridgewater.
2: But, you know, it becomes a little bit tough for the Vikings and even Bradford because – He has a knee that does not have a solution. I mean, the the last that we've heard is that there is significant scarring in that knee and arthritis, which you and I both know there are no answers for. So this is now decreasing his value from a trade perspective. Um, And and so uh, uh, what I I guess your thought is, does he actually make it back to the playing field 2018?
0: Uh, I'd say yes. Uh, I don't know how effective he'll be. But I think someone will roll the dice on him, and I think he will be out there. I'm going to go and say no. I think, if anything, he'll make a
2: roster as a backup if he is willing to take that role. But I don't think he's he's uh, making it back onto the playing field. My prediction okay. is 2018. Okay. A little so, wager for next for this year? Yeah, there you go. We'll have something to follow up on. Well, you know, we also had Antonio Brown as number 10. Now we don't know the fallout of this. Clearly, if he comes back in, two, in you know, one to two weeks and is able to play and plays at a very high level, he doesn't even make the top ten. But we've got him up there because this has the potential of being a significant injury that may affect the Steelers. And I think, I know your beloved Patriots won, but I think you'd agree that had a, a Antonio Brown been in the entire game, that game against the Steelers could have easily gone the other way. And so, oh, yeah, 100%. What do you, I mean, so, Brown is so dynamic. I
0: just, the guy's ridiculous. Um, no, I, I exactly. mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's not many wide receivers that average about 8 to 10 passes a game over 100 yards and at least 1 to 2 touchdowns a game. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, So, I mean, he – and and the, the nature of his injury with his calf injury is it's uh, – he needs it and relies on it to burst, to push off, to cut. Um, to jump I mean uh, landing on it so every single thing requires this calf so it's not like it's a finger or it's you know a shoulder where he can kind of still go it's just a little more challenging like this is something he's going to need to be able to provide separation so it remains to be seen how effective he's going to be in this playoffs but I definitely think my Patriots would have lost that game if Brown was still in the game um, yeah. and, uh, I mean, he is still the number one wide receiver, uh, despite missing basically, uh, the last couple of weeks. And he was the number one receiver last year. Um, uh, so by uh, fantasy scoring standards, So, I mean, he's by far a uh, clear in a way, the number one, and it's just unfortunate that his season was cut a little short and, and it may sure we've seen how much of an impact this will have on his 2018 season. Well, I I think that, uh, I'm not worried about 2018, but I think that
2: he could easily bump anybody in our top two of our list this year, depending on how deep the Steelers go and how much this ends up really bothering him. So we'll know that in the next few weeks of January. Let's talk about uh, another QB. You know, number nine on our list, Ryan Tannehill. Now, you don't think about him much, and it's a residual leftover injury from 2016, but he ended up deciding on, on going with uh, PRP and stem cells and, and trying in 2016, towards the end of 2016, to let his partial ACL heal. He ended up uh, having surgery, and obviously Jay Cutler comes in. And quite, quite frankly, I thought Jay did better than I had anticipated. I thought it was going to be a disaster, in, in <laughs> you know, down in, in, with the Dolphins. And, yes, there are moments of disasters, but for the most part, Jay
0: played better than I thought he would. Um What do you think, you know, uh, how did
2: this all play out from your perspective?
0: Living in Florida and and going to undergrad and down in South Florida, I have a lot of Dolphin fans as friends, and this was a big deal to them. They didn't realize it, I don't think, until they realized how bad Jay Cutler was, even though he wasn't awful. Uh, You know, Tannehill didn't light the world on fire, but he was sneaky, he was reliable, and he he could air it out when he needed to, and he would make the pass. I mean, he made Landry better. He made Ajay better. He made uh, Parker better. They had stills. So, like, they had a, a potential this year to at least compete for a um, a possible dethroning of the Patriots for the AL East. Um, um, and AL East. Sorry, that's baseball. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> I was about to um, jump on you. I think you're already onto our MLB podcast stuff. Oh, Which, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in
1: our
2: baseball mode. is launching. Yeah, and for our listeners, our podcast will be launching in January. So, that was a great lead-in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unexpected but so i mean unfortunately uh his his season kind of tanked uh i do a lot of injections for stuff um but but one of the things that i do not like to recommend is a uh, partially torn acls to do prp ucl on the elbow is okay and showing progress but acls uh, it's a lot harder to 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 get that because it's so weight bearing. Because it's you need to be mobile, and and unfortunately, I wish he had just got it done last year, and then you probably would have never heard about this, as never would have happened. But unfortunately, it did, and now their season was basically a loss, uh, and it tanked right. a ton of value in the other and there are a lot of the other uh, players as well because of that. So uh, we'll see what uh, he'll be back to one hundred percent for two thousand eighteen. But um, and hopefully things are looking up. Uh, up for those uh, Dolphin fans.
2: Well, number eight, and I don't want to keep belaboring quarterbacks, but you know what? I mean, the reality is a team can die or thrive by the arm of their quarterback. And Carson Palmer, although he's aging up there, um, made it through week seven, and then fractures his throwing forearm, ends up with surgery, and he's done. Um, So – the life of Carson Palmer, do you think he comes back 2018? And if he does,
0: is he a viable quarterback from a fantasy perspective? So That's a good question. I mean, he's getting older. Um, actually, looking up to see how old he is now. I think he's in his late 30s. Um, he's 37. So uh, does he have another year or two in him? Yes. Will this injury affect his 2018? No, I don't think um is he better than probably 40 percent of the quarterbacks out there yes it depends on if he if a he's happy with his career and b if he has enough energy to continue it this isn't like a romo injury where it's you know unstable and, and painful and concerning i think he's probably already feeling much better or even back to 100 percent uh so i i it really depends on him whether or not he 2018 comes back whether it's um you know, I don't think it's injury related at all. It's unfortunate. He derailed a lot yeah. of different, uh, uh, guys on his team. And and his basically his team went went straight down between him and another guy we'll talk about in a little bit, but Larry Fitzgerald's, uh, potential went down. Uh, both Browns uh, went down Nelson. I mean, a lot of value went down when he went down. Cause I mean, the backups were Drew Stan and Blaine Gabbert. I mean, they were okay, but, Palmer, Grandpa Palmer, still had more fire than those two combined. <laughs>
2: well, I think uh, you're right, Grandpa Palmer. The, the form will keep him out, but it's the rest of him, and, and we know time after time that father time will catch up with you. And, and I think at some point, uh, Palmer, you know, everybody can't be Tom Brady, and uh, unfortunately, I think Palmer, um, this is what may keep him out more than anything else. Well, let's talk about Alan Robinson, our number seven person on the list. You know, tore his ACL. The Jaguars make it into the playoffs, but could they have been more commanding as a team had Robinson been healthy throughout the season? What do you think?
0: Definitely. I mean, so Robinson's career has been kind of uh, you know like a roller coaster. He had a ridiculous 2015. I think it was 15. Um, then 2000 uh, or it was 14. 2015 was a, a down year. 2016, last year, he did better, but he didn't quite regain everything. He was the number 25 wide receiver fantasy-wise. And then this year, you know, he had Bortles, who was expected to be his rate-limiting factor and, and, and remains to be seen if he would have re- restricted them. But for the most part, Bortles looked pretty good this year. But the problem was they lost their threat, their wide receiver. They lost their big threat. So uh, then Alan Hearns and, 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 and Lee – who were supposed to be two and threes are now kind of jolted into the number one. They can stack the box with Leonard Fournette uh, running because they don't have to worry about Robinson now. So he was dynamic enough to change the game and give them an, another advantage. I mean, they do have Keelan Cole and some of the other stuff from Westbrook that they've been able to do, but I think Robinson is by far the best wide receiver uh, at the start of the year on this team. Um, and their defense is ridiculous. So we know if they put up 25, 30 points, it's going to be hard for another team to keep keep up, keep up with that. Uh, So it's unfortunate. Well,
2: and you bring up a great point. I mean, listen, without Robinson, you don't have to worry about the receiving core as much. And you can start zeroing on Fournette who still has a great year, even with his injuries, even with being the primary target of the offense. So um, it is a little scary to think what the Jaguars could have been or, or would have been had Robinson been healthy throughout 2017 and perhaps Jaguars are a much more favored team coming into the playoffs had they had, you know, Robinson on their roster. Yep, definitely. Well, let's talk about a roster that fully tanked in 2017 from quarterback all the way to the receiving core and to make our number six injuries. And I I can make that a plural of the list is Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. And we put them together because, uh, the Giants receiving core and, and the Giants themselves just imploded. Um, and OBJ obviously was a big factor in that from having the ankle sprain, which was almost, uh, from my recollection of, of NFL history, may have been the worst set of ankle sprains that happened four in a game on one team. Uh, but took out Odell Beckham Jr., then took out Stone Sto- Sto- Shepard. OBJ comes back uh, a few weeks yep. later, and breaks his ankle Brandon Marshall, too, season. remember,
0: he, he was supposed to be their number yeah. three.
2: Yeah, exactly, Brendan Marshall. Um, So that was a a big week, that injury. Um, And then Sterling Shepard injures his ankle, out for a few weeks, comes back. It's another injury. Now he's got his next thing going on. So obviously the Giants are in turmoil. But I think that had these two guys been healthier, clearly Eli has more reliable receiving core to throw to. I think this could have changed the Giants from being bottom of the barrel but, but to at
0: least being middle of the pack thoughts definitely I, I think eli would still have his streak if it wasn't for these guys to be honest with you yeah, that's true uh,
2: you know i mean it, it, one it, game but
0: horrible it, but but i mean you gotta remember odell beckham jr was the number four wide receiver in fantasy last year he was ridiculous like the guy makes insane catches his talent is unquestioned he's a little crazy in terms of his media stuff and his uh showboat attitude but I mean, you lost a number one wide receiver, a first likely first round, maybe end of the first round uh, wide receiver, uh, started in preseason, and then uh, he missed the first game, and he basically played four games, and and, and maybe three and a half, um, so that was a big deal, uh, and then you lose Brandon Marshall the same game, uh, which was kind of to t- take off some of the threat and gave Eli another another guy to throw to then you lose stirring shepherd who had a fantastic rookie season scoring eight touchdowns and then he follows it up with a banged up year missing five games didn't even make 60 catches uh only scored two touchdowns i mean yeah um that's a big big disappointing year secondary to this crazy you know season ending injury basically in week i think it was four or five
2: no, absolutely. I, I think that's why I think they they have to be lumped together as a pair. They weren't a dynamic duo, but unfortunately, they were a duo of uh, partners in crime and partners in injury here. Um, and so, uh, the Giants have a lot of rebuilding to do. And as a Cowboys fan, I hope it takes very long for them to do it. Um, <laughs> now, now, let's talk about our number five guy because we talked about him almost every single week on our podcast um, during the NFL season, and and that's Andrew Luck. Um, He's he was in Europe. Um, Obviously, he had the labral repair late after the 2016 season. Um, Was not able to participate in any any regular game in 2017. Barely practiced. Um, He's in Europe, starting his throwing protocol. The most recent stuff coming out is Andrew Luck saying, "Well, maybe I don't need surgery," and I think that might be wishful thinking. I mean, I'm not willing to bet the farm on anything with Andrew Luck until he's going through his entire throwing, uh, rehab protocol before I know that he's coming back. So to me for the Colts, so this is a huge question mark for next year. Agree? Oh yeah.
0: no, th- we saw this coming, the kind of the writing was on the wall in July when I wrote a piece about it. Uh, I started seeing, you know, he should be a lot farther along than people, uh, that people were, were, were seeing. Um, and then they go ahead and like, Oh no, you know, we're going to keep him active, which kind of ruins that, that window, that, that, that eight, I think it's an eight week window where you can't uh, where you can't put them on or you put them on IR and you start them a little bit halfway through the season. So it, it, it then begs the question, did they basically ruin their potential year because they didn't want to admit that they weren't right about his, his diagnosis?
2: Well, I think I think absolutely they do. Um, I I would venture to say they absolutely ruined it. And you know they kept, although they didn't from the outside. It doesn't seem like they really pushed him because it's not like he came back in September or October. But I do think that there was tons of pressure on him versus saying you know what, let's let's call 2017 a scratch and let's get you ready for 2018.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, he was the number four quarterback despite missing a game in 2016 in fantasy he um uh, i mean ty hilton is a much much better wide receiver with him without him we saw he was like a shadow he had a couple games that were monster and then 90 percent of the time he was disappeared jack doyle was a very reliable kind of security blanket for uh, for luck and he didn't re- he did okay this year but he didn't do as much nowhere near as much as i think he would have did with luck you know is it is bicep now is it You know, is is he dealing with frozen shoulder and he just hasn't been able to get his full range of motion? You know, whatever it is, uh, I hope he's back for 2018 season strong. We'll have to kind of see what plays out uh, as uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he definitely went under the knife again. I would almost bet on it.
2: I would almost bet on it as well. And what I I hope he doesn't do is he waits till. You know, March or April or May to have the surgery, and now 2018 is partially lost. So, yes, we'll have to see how this plays out. So, David Johnson, number four on our list, running back for the Cardinals, dislocates his wrist. Initially, we saw it as a a wrist sprain, then we find out the a dislocation. Really didn't look like much on the video. He ends up nope. having surgery to repair his his ligament. Never made it back in in 2017. Um, what do you think his future is uh, as a running back?
1: Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From two to five p.m., double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy Hour at Hardee's is a good call. Offer for a limited time and only between two and five p.m. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. Hardy's Happy Hour isn't your average happy hour. From two to five PM, double sliders are only a buck twenty-five. Call it a charbroiled hour, a double beef hour, a whole lot of melty cheese hour. Call it what you want. Happy hour at Hardy's is a good call. Offer for a limited time and only between two and five PM. Pressing participation may vary. Tax not included.
0: This one really stung because he was by far the number one consensus pick in every fantasy draft. He, the kid, is this year david johnson did last year he was that good i mean from a from a uh, statistical point of view last year johnson scored 393 points in a ppr league the second most running back 312 by zeke that's wow. like a crater i mean yeah. so you go from losing your literally your number one pick and, and which then means you have the second pick in the if you're doing a snake a second pick in the second round a uh, last pick in the second round, so it's like you literally are are almost out of the thing automatically if if you lost David Johnson which is what happened to me in, in at least one if not two leagues. So I mean, and not only that, he was so important to the Cardinals, they didn't have anybody behind him. They ended up having a trade for Adrian, Adrian Peterson, who did okay, but you know between this and then Palmer going down later in the year, Larry Fitzgerald wasn't quite as good as he could have been. And I think he should have been, you know, this team's, excuse me, chances went down nearly basically in week one because of this injury. Well, absolutely. It just killed their, their, their team between this and then
2: Palmer, but you know, he's only next year will be his fourth or 2018. I should say this year will be his fourth year in the league He's going to be 26-and-a-half-ish. So, you know, he's a young running back still, and and as long as this ligament issue is behind him, he should be able to return to a very high level. Now, I say if because we do know that ligament damage in the wrist can be problematic, and obviously for a running back who really needs to worry about grip strength and catching the ball – this could be a, a big issue for him moving forward. So obviously, we'll see how he does through the the postseason, uh, the off season, and then the workouts, and, and then the preseason play. But um, if all of that's behind him, I think he should be fine for next year.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the wrist, as we know, it's important. Uh, if it was just a simple fracture, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But when you start talking about ligaments, now we're talking about instability or inability to secure the ball. And you know they're going to be targeting that. He's going to take a helmet to it inevitably. Um, you know, or someone's going to hit it hard from an angle. He's going to fumble the ball, lose his confidence. Like, this is a big deal. I mean, th- this is like um, like Odell, uh, or uh, Antonio Brown's calf, like, he, he he's going to struggle to really do much with it uh, until it's back to 100. percent So um, yeah, hopefully he's no, back to, to 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 2018 in, in, in season in full force. Well, let's talk about a guy
2: who had a fantastic rookie season until he didn't, and that's Deshaun Watson. You know, yes. he, he was oh. he was lighting up the NFL, one of the darlings of the NFL, doing everything right with a hurricane, donating food and housing and money. I mean, the guy's fantastic. Um, and, and Texas was really gearing up for a Deshaun versus Dak type of, uh, of of alignment. You know, you're in one camp or another, and then he goes down with the ACL tear. And although it's a downer for the Texans, I think the future is bright for them uh, because we know ACL tears, 9 to 11 months to return to play as a quarterback, even though you want to try to get out of the pocket, you're not constantly running. So I don't think that uh, this is uh, is a bad sign for him for 2018,
0: but it's a big injury. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, this was unfortunate. Uh, This kid made everybody around him better. I mean, he was so dynamic. He looked fantastic. No one ever expected him to be this good this quickly. And if they did, they're lying to you. Um, I picked him off the wire in every league I had, uh, at, at like week three, because no one even anticipated he was going to be good. We don't really rely on rookie quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I mean, he went from, uh, in weeks four through eight of, of the 17 season. Now, mind you, in, in a in a fantasy league, uh, which uh, obviously correlates with regular season, uh, a, a good game is about a 20- 5 point game uh fantasy wise he scored in, in in weeks 4 through 8 with a bye 41 points 45 points 29 points 41 points
1: the, i mean
0: it was it he was putting up monster crazy number like video game numbers and 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 he made everyone around a bet i mean hopkins was by far number 1 will fuller went from a top 10 wide receiver to not even playable so it's unfortunate i think he'll be back with no problem in 2018 uh, but uh, season lost, and they had a lot more potential with him in the pocket.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And although I I, I am looking forward to seeing him bounce back for uh, 2018, I think, I think he's got the potential to, to really light it up in 2018. So, you know, we're going to stick with quarterback team. as quarterback theme, um, Carson Wentz. Obviously, you know, last oh, yeah. year had uh, 16 touchdowns, seven, uh, 14 interceptions. And this year, doubles his touchdowns, halves his interceptions. As a yep. Cowboy fan, I hated to see the success of uh, Wednesday oh, and the Eagles. Had yeah. this freaking <laughs> accident diving into the end zone, which what I don't a think any engine. of us, the fantasy doctors, uh, estimated that this would be an ACL tear, but it was. Now, obviously, yeah. we don't know how this is going to play out, the playoffs. We don't know how deep the, the Eagles are going to go. I, let's just say that if they make it to the, to the Super Bowl, I, first of all, I don't even think they're going to, but if they do make it into the Super Bowl and they win, we'll say, okay, it wasn't a big deal. But I think this is going to change the run that the Eagles will have in the playoffs. And I don't think that they're going to make it as big oh, yeah. without Wentz. And I don't think they
0: even make it to win the Super Bowl. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would be really astonished um, if he makes it um, – if, if, if they make it past the first or second round because – I mean, Wentz was on fire. I mean, he he threw from us 3,300 yards. He had 33 touchdowns, seven picks, uh, almost 102 passer rating. Um, You know, he had a couple games that were lower, but they were still blowing people out, so it didn't really make a difference. Um, He's still the number two quarterback in fantasy, despite missing the last two games, uh, statistically. (laughs) Which, again, Um, is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it gives you an idea. I mean, even though Foles is a very respectable quarterback, the the drop off from Wentz to him is unfortunately pretty big, and um, yeah, and, and, you know it impacts Ertz, impacts Jeffrey, impacts Aguilar. Everybody is not as good with him, um, and and unfortunately, I don't think that he was the it factor that the Eagles needed. And uh, unfortunately, it's not it, it's not there. I don't think they have a chance to to make the, the Super Bowl uh, without him. And if they do, would be yeah. I'd be very very impressed.
2: Well, if they do, I think the Eagles uh, are going to be trounced by either the Steelers or the Patriots. So um, I don't, I just don't think they'll make it there. Well, the number one injury on our list, and, and depending on what happens with the Eagles, I think this easily could have been switched with Wentz being number one. But the number one injury from from our perspective is an injury to a quarterback that I think. Devastated this team. Uh, the Packers just couldn't get get their act together after Aaron Rodgers went down. And even though Aaron Rodgers made a, a valiant attempt to salvage the, the season and lost the one game, I think it was week 14, um, he didn't. And obviously went back onto IR. I, I think this clavicle injury was was huge, and and the Packers now put into question even you know all, all of their uh, uh, receiving core, but even Jordy Nelson who. Who was stellar from a fantasy perspective in 2016? Now in 2017 has a uh, an okay year and and some would say poor for him, but even he's been out in the media saying, well maybe I'm done. So, do you think Aaron Rodgers' injury was as big as it seems, as big as I'm building it up to be?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I actually watched that injury live, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh that if that's a, a clavicle fracture, what it's obviously ended up being. That's pretty much their season. I mean, I remember hearing or reading somewhere after the injury, he adds seven points to the spread when he's quarterback versus when he wasn't. He's that much of wow. a game changer. I mean, yet, would they even be in the play? Would they not be in the playoffs if it weren't you know uh, for his injury? I, I don't think it would be a question. No, I mean, that's I pretty much what it took. I think absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I agree was, with you. I think absolutely he's in, and I think he's in one of the top seeds. Maybe not number
0: one, oh, but yeah, certainly I, in the top three. Yes, and we we know this is a quarterback driven league. Obviously, you need dynamic players around you, but quarterback runs the ship. Uh, and without a top quarterback, as you can tell, you're, the teams are really going to struggle to to make it far to advance. I mean, fantasy wise, he was the number one quarterback off the board. He finished 2016 as a number one quarterback with 445 points, which is a lot of points. Um, you know, 4400 yards, 44 touchdowns. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. And then, I mean, he was supposed to have a full complement of wide receivers with Adams, with uh, Nelson, with Cobb. Then he has Ty Montgomery, who you know, who put up monster numbers last year unexpectedly. Um, and then he was going to have Martellus Bennett. So like, this was supposed to be like his. His year to like break out and even be better than he's been, which is hard to believe, and then this happens. You know, right. so it's unfortunate for you know NFL and Packer, obviously Packer fans alike.
2: Well, I would almost venture that it changes the not only does it change the whole dynamics of the of the uh, um, the NFC, but it also um, changes not only the Packers ranking, but obviously the viability of all these other teams who now have a shot because the Packers dropped so far down um, and, and really weren't a, a, a much of a thought of a team to play against once Rogers went down, because I do think that he's such a pivotal player on the field. So, well, That's you know, true. we always say here at the fantasy doctors, the injuries predict everything. And, and as you said, it is a quarterback driven league. And if you look at our top 10, seven of our spots are quarterbacks, but from a fantasy perspective, it's not always about the quarterbacks. And so from your perspective, who would have – who should have been on this list from a fantasy perspective where the injury changed everything for for that team and for that so, player and from, for the fantasy owners?
0: Yeah, there's a, about five or six guys that I think, whether it was injury or, or, or whatnot, that ended up changing the fantasy landscape significantly. Julian Edelman is, is kind of one I forgot about, because, which is kind of an embarrassment of riches if you think about it. Uh, but uh, basically, he was the number 15 quarterback, or uh, sorry, wide receiver in, in, in 2016 in PPR leagues. He caught almost 100 uh, passes, 1,100 yards. He's He was a focal point in the Patriots offense, and that shift changed how the Patriots, their entire offense worked. Instead of relying on one or two backs, now they have you know three or four. Instead of uh, Cooks being a threat, he has to be a little bit less of a threat in terms of deep. Gronk has to do a little more over the middle. So, I mean, his injury was underappreciated, but because it happened before the season, we really didn't get to see how it played out. As far as uh, Dalvin Cook, um, you know, uh, the, the dynamic rookie running back uh, in, in Minnesota, he tore his ACL in week four versus the Lions. I mean, he had top seven running back potential. I mean, he was showing burst. He was starting to get kind of figure things out. Uh, The team looked good. Um, And then all of a sudden that happens. And it was a pretty big drop off between uh, that and and Latavius Murray and, and, you know, Dalvin Cook as the the scat back. Uh, Zeke's suspension, as you could attest to, this dropped, uh, you know, this changed a lot of the dynamic of not only running backs, but the whole league. I mean, Dallas is a completely different team when he's on the field. And you, you saw that. Um, you know, so he had number one potential running back if, 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 if this year after DJ went down, um, if it wasn't for, um, if, if it wasn't for the suspension. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, it's not an injury. It's a big, a big kind of change in the, in the, in the uh, football and, and fantasy scene. Um, a couple more guys, one guy that I'll elaborate on a little more is Spencer Ware. And you're like, Spencer Ware, what? Like yeah, I used the number eighteen running back in two thousand sixteen. Not like a big deal, but you remember Andy Reid is a big running back guy. He was supposed to be the big uh, running back after he took over last year. He had he averaged sixteen carries and three targets a game. That's a pretty big workload. Um, he had top five potential for running back. He tears his PCL uh, in his knee. Done for the year. This opens the door for Kareem Hunt, who goes bananas the first month of the season. Kind of fizzled off, but. St- it, it still had a very, very solid year. I think he's the number four uh, running back, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the year in PPR leagues, like fantastic year that probably wouldn't have been if it wasn't for where injury. So another guy that I, I didn't really think about until I thought about it. Um, and then the other guy like Derek Carr, what's up with his back? What happened to them? You know, did that impact Crabtree? Did that impact Cooper? Who we didn't even talk about, you know? So there's a lot of people that we lost for the season that, could have been a lot more different than than what would have been. Chris Thompson, who, who had, I think it was a knee injury or an Achilles, he uh, he had a, he was having a fantastic year, and we lost him. Jameis Winston, you know, he had a he he had a potential to have a fantastic year, and then he had the shoulder injury that derailed him for half the season and affected Mike Evans and Deshaun and everybody else. So, a lot of these impact injuries not only impact them, but everybody around them that that relies on them well and, and for fantasy
2: owners that's the big thing right you want to know the insight for the injury so that you know the domino effect it can have for the other key position players on that team because you know just like you're saying when a quarterback goes down that will really impact uh the receiving core and and uh in some ways depending on who's in the running back slots it may actually up their their possibilities so um well so that's the wrap up for our twenty seventeen injury top ten injuries um Again, happy New Year to everybody. Make sure you continue to stay tuned to Fantasy Doctors. Follow us on Twitter at the Fantasy Doctors DRS. Um, You can also uh, follow myself as well as Jesse. We are all here to give you real-time information on injuries, not only the NFL, but NBA, MLB, uh, Premier Soccer League. And we also have our podcast for the NBA and uh, the, the soccer podcast up and running. Uh, the MLB podcast will be coming later in January, uh, later in this month. Um, so make sure to stay tuned to that. You can check out our website at thefantasydoctors.com where we constantly have all this content for you to consume. Um, Jesse, it's been great hosting the podcast with you. I'm looking forward to next year when we can, uh, or, or later this year, I should say, for the 2018 se- season where we can uh, uh, start touching base about these fantasy implications. And even for our listeners throughout the year, Jesse and I will probably continue to throw out a few podcasts as you start putting your draft board together.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's going to be a fantastic year. This was the inaugural season and a podcast. And uh, I uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, be a part of this. And I think we, uh, we have a good flow going. We're going to look for uh, later this year to try to get some, maybe NFL players on maybe some, uh, you know, retired players and talk about some of their other injuries and maybe some uh, experts in the injury to, industry to kind of give us a a viewpoint from a a different lens than when you used to and and provide you the best, most accurate content week in and week out. Well, until uh, later on this year, uh,
2: everybody have a great new year and uh, thanks for listening